Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 is about as far as we're going to make it tonight. This is like a part A, B, C, and we're right in the middle of that. So my name's Jared. If I don't know you, I'd love to meet you. I'm one of the pastors here. Ryan, my man, in the back, holding it down. I like it. Good to see everybody. It's, uh, it's going to be a good day because we're learning from the Word of God. And the longer I spend studying this text and these texts around it, the more I'm like, man, I didn't see that, you know, I didn't see that and how that affects everything about my life and church and the way that I'm going to find true purpose and happiness and satisfaction. So not to make it too deep too quick, but it is kind of a big deal. So I wanted to tell you that I'm excited about where we're going and this series continues to blow me away and it's not fancy. We're just walking through the book of Ephesians and letting the word uh, speak to us, letting the word do the work. If you're just joining us, we like to do that here. We like to just pick a book of the Bible and walk through it. It seems easy enough for us and we have small groups that go along with that and meet during the week. So if you're looking for a community, we'd love for you to so talk to one of us, write it on one of those cards, let us know, and we can get you plugged in. Currently in the summer, we're not having small groups, but we are having prayer gatherings, as my man Corbin Stone mentioned earlier. Hello. Was that good hosting announcements or what? Yeah. Amazing. All right, Ephesians 4, 11 and 12. But I'm going to read a little bit more just to give us some context. So starting in verse 11, Paul's writing to the church in Ephesus and for us today, verse 11, and he gave, God gave, Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I know that it's not on the screen. It's because I'm throwing a curveball, but just bear with me for just one more second. Verse 14. So that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes, but rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I love this part of scripture. I want to preach it for the next eight weeks. I'm going to do it for the next two because this is us. This is us. This is our ministry, the body of Christ. If you were with us a few months ago, we talked about how the church is not a place. It's not a building. It's not a structure. It's not a system and a sect of things that we do and properly and all the deal. It's a people. The church is a people. And we are God's children and he has made us into a body that's joined together. And if working properly is building itself up in love with Christ as the head. Paul's talking about us. And I love this because tonight what we're going to focus on is our ministry that God has called us to. So, so the call 
to ministry. And we're going to look at three parts of that. Who? Who is it that's called to this ministry? Why is this ministry necessary? What's the purpose of it? And what is this ministry? What does it mean? And this is very important because if we, the way we interpret this text is going to affect the way that we interact with each other and this place as a body of believers. We have, when we hear words like church or ministry or even even God or love, or we have these things that come into our minds. I want to be very careful to correctly define what the Bible is describing here. Because we can get a little bit confused about what it means to be called to ministry or to have a call on your life to serve in the church. And Paul's making it really clear for us here. So before we go any further, I wanted to say that, that this is our call to ministry that Paul is writing about. Christian ministry is an every member ministry. Every member ministry, a body where everyone is gifted and effective when connected to the head. So before we go any further to clarify, again, Jesus is the head. We're a Jesus ruled church, right? We say that around here. But if we don't, if we're not careful, and if we let the culture define it, or even the way that church has been done in the past define what this is, I look a lot like the head, because I'm here with a microphone, and you're listening to me. And I want to be the first to tell you that that is going to be a big problem. We don't want that. It's not what we want. I'm a part of the body, just like you're a part of the body, just like you're a part of the body, just like every member of, of whoever is in Christ that is a new creation that has received the forgiveness of sins because of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus in repentance and faith, you are a part of this body, just like me. And so this is three or four feet high, which is confusing, but let's just... Treat it for what it is. It's so you can see me a little better. It's not because I made it. We're a part of the same body. Jesus is the head. When we're working together, we're all working. And we will build ourselves up in love underneath the head. That's where we're going tonight, okay? Our ministry together as a body. Christian ministry is an every member ministry. Remember in verse 8, last week we talked about this. In verse 8 it says, to each no, verse 7. Verse 7, not verse 8. That's why I missed it. Verse 7, but grace was given to each one of us, each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. Grace was given to each one of us. And then if you were with us last week, the rest of this talks about how Jesus ascended on high. First, he descended, came down to earth in the form of man, walked this life without sin, without blemish, didn't mess up. Then he walked to the cross, took the penalty of my sin, and wore it on the cross, nailed it there, rose on the third day to then ascend on high, the right hand of the Father, and for the Holy Spirit to come down and indwell the believer so that gifts could be given individually, each one of us, according to the measure of Christ's gift. That's what, that was the 30 seconds of last week's 
message. And, and this is purposeful because now we see Paul start to unpack the different roles that have been given to each one of us because Jesus said, it's going to be better if I go back to the Father. It's going to be better now that I've risen from the dead to go back to heaven so that the Holy Spirit can come and be with you so that my presence, my spirit can live inside of you so that we can be a body together with Jesus as the head on high in perfection for eternity. So that's the paradigm that we're working with now. And if you're in Christ, the spirit of God is in you. And there's intentional gifts for each one. There's grace intentionally for each one. Not a few that get up here. So we're going to get to that a little bit. That, that's the intro. Verse, verse 11, who? Who are we talking about? Our ministry. Remember I said we're going to talk about who, why, and what. So the first thing I want to look at is what Paul looks at. Who? Verse 11, Ephesians 4. Who are we talking about? And Christ gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. I left it at four because actually there's a lot of evidence to show that shepherds and teachers is hyphenated in one thing hyphenated in one word. I'll get to that more in a second, but we'll just go with that. Four, and then the fifth one is saints, because we see it in the next verse, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Five people we're looking at tonight, apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers, and saints. The apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, shepherds, pastors, teachers. These, these are offices in the church, now, this is where it gets a little bit down in the history. I'm going to be really quick with this. I don't have time to tell you all that I've studied, but I want to have a conversation if any of this is confusing because I can go really fast. Okay, so just tell me if I'm doing that. We'll talk later. The apostles. The apostles that Paul is writing about here are those who were called and commissioned directly by Jesus for the purpose of building his church. So these, these men, these apostles, were given authority by Jesus directly to speak on God's behalf. And we see that all throughout the New Testament in their writings. They were given the authority of the word of God to put on paper for us to stand on today. We see in Acts chapter 2, the people were devoting themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the apostles' teaching, because the apostles were given authority to be the mouthpiece of God. And now we have it all through the New Testament scriptures today. These were the apostles that were directly commissioned and called by Jesus. Who were the prophets? The prophets were mouthpieces for God. These people were given authority from God to speak his word to his people. Right? And now we have most of the Old Testament from their mouths. Because God chose to give them authority to speak for him. And he spoke to them so that they could speak to us. And we have the Holy Scriptures from God through them today. Apostles, prophets, those offices in this context that Paul is writing about, these offices have ceased. There are, there are no more of these today because these were directly commissioned by God himself. The Holy Scriptures need no addition. We see in Revelation 21 how the, the, the new Jerusalem, there are 12 
foundational pillars in the temple with the apostles' names on them, the original 12. There's no need to build new foundation. I don't have time, but that's one of those things you can ask me about. We'll go there. It's, It's really... It's really awesome, but we'll go there. Evangelist, the third thing, the third person, third office we want to look at tonight. Evangelists, these are people who, who pronounce the good news of Jesus to the world. Those who have been gifted and called to preach the gospel with effectiveness. And we still see that role today. Evangelists. Then the next group, the next office, shepherds, pastors, and teachers here. Pastors is synonymous with shepherd. And it's really interesting when you think about it in terms of a shepherd because it gives us this built-in imagery, which was the point. Because shepherds, what do they do? They feed the sheep. What do pastors feed the sheep with? The word. What do shepherds do? They care for the sheep. And pastors should care for the people. In accordance with the word. What do shepherds do? They protect the sheep. They know where not to go and where to go. The the, the shepherds guide the sheep. They lead the sheep just as a good pastor should do. And the only way for a good pastor to do that is to do it by the word. I hope you're starting to see a common thread. Because teacher, as simply as I can put it, teaches The word, the word, the word, the word, the word. Apostles, mouthpiece, authority to speak God's word. Prophets, mouthpiece, authority to speak God's word. Evangelists, mouthpiece, pronouncing the good news of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection for the forgiveness of sins. Shepherds, pastors, teachers, teaching the word, guiding people by the word, caring for people by the word, feeding the people with the word. This is our common thread, the word. And these offices have been commissioned to then do something very specifically with what they've been gifted to do. And we see that in verse 12 of Ephesians 4. These people, these offices have been given, verse 12, to equip the saints for the work of ministry. For building up the body of Christ. Equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. I'm going to spend some time defining these terms. You're getting teacher Jared tonight, all right? Teacher Jared. I hope it's all right. I hope it's all right. Equip. Let's talk about equip, that word equip. Equip, biblically, in the New Testament, it's used in a couple of different instances. In Mark 1, it's used to describe repairing something that's broken. The disciples were equipping the nets. They were repairing the nets and fixing the nets. They were broken. They were repairing them. Praise God for the air condition going off. I feel like I'm yelling. I'm going to yell anyway. I don't know what I'm talking about. Repair what is broken. That's one use. The other use is in 1 Thessalonians, I believe we see it in, verse, in chapter 3, verse 10, to supply what's lacking. So to repair what's broken and to supply what's lacking. Those are the literal usages of this word for equip here. To supply what's needed for a work. To equip the saints for the work 
of ministry. So Paul says each of you has been gifted and you have a need to be equipped for the work of ministry. The reason God has called and placed spiritual authorities in the church is to supply what is needed for the saints to do the work of ministry. This is what we're talking about. This is, this is why God has done it this way. And the beautiful thing about this is this ministry that we're talking about is too big for one person or even a few people. That's what we see. So we've got to be operating in our gifts and equipping the body to then do the work of ministry because it's a lot more than I can do. Way more. More than I can ask, think, imagine, dream, conceptualize, not even close. What God has placed before us is so big that we need a body that's all effectively working and doing the work of the ministry. Aren't you glad that you're involved in something bigger than yourself? Bigger than me. Praise God. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. This is fundamentally important. The way that we interpret this text is fundamentally important to the way that we understand church. Because everything we do here each week is for preparation for the work. This is preparatory. This is if you will, practice. Okay? Now, I want you to think about this for a second because it's a lot more than just practice, okay? Don't let me diminish what we're doing here. This is very important. But here's what I want to uh, rearrange, maybe, in the way that we understand church. This is not the ministry of City Church alone, what you're seeing tonight at 5 p.m. beside Wild Wing Cafe. This is not primarily, this is not everything, right? Like this is, this is just a piece of all that we do. We're talking about the work of ministry, but here's what happens. If we're not working properly, this becomes everything. This becomes everything. And our services become performances. Here we are. This is it. Cherry, I mean... This is our championship every week. We talk about Easter like it's the Super Bowl Sunday, and I love it. I'm not, don't let me down it. Don't let me down it. But we're equipping the saints for the work of ministry. If this is the work of ministry, if it stops here and this is it, we're missing it. We're going to miss the needs of people, real life people. Anybody? If we're coming here, Expecting a program that's going to be a shot in the arm until next week so I can come back and get another fix. We're going to be missing it. Paul says we are to equip the saints for the work of ministry. When we teach the word, when I do what I'm doing right now, it's for the purpose of making you ready for the work of ministry. When we sing these songs, 
when we sing the word of God, so when we, we try to pick songs that are closely aligned, if not exactly aligned with the word of God, so that we can equip our souls with the very truth of life, so that we can go and be alive in him. This is preparation for the work. That's the purpose. And we go sideways when we treat Sunday service as if it were the whole ministry. This is not a performance. This is preparation. And it's celebration for all that God has done and continue, continues to do. I hope that's clear. I'm not trying to burn the whole thing down. I just want to make it real. Because when this becomes the end rather than the beginning, we will miss the spiritual needs of the people around us. And Paul has written to us. He's calling us to equip the saints, to prepare the saints for the work of ministry. Paul says it's, it's the apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers' job to give the people what they need in order to do the work. Now, this is not me copping out. Because I used to, if I could just put myself in your seat for a second, I used to sit there and listen to people say, it's your job to do the work. It's your job to evangelize. And I was like, no, it's your job. What are you talking about? It's your job. Who paid for that suit, you know, that you've got on? It's, this is my cynicism. I'm just letting you, letting you in on my thoughts for a second. The reality is, it's all of our jobs. <laughs> this is not... Listen, I'm not an apostle and I'm not a prophet. I'm standing on the words of the apostles and the prophets from God. I am bringing you this word to equip you and me because 75% of the time I'm preaching to myself for the work of ministry. So we got to start to have this paradigm shifting and, and I've got to move. So uh, that's who, that's who we're talking about, right? And now we're going to talk about why, the why of our ministry. Paul writes in verse 12 to equip the saints for the work of ministry for because, this is a because clause, it's telling us why, right? So, so to equip the saints for the work of ministry for Building up the body of Christ. This is the why. To build up the body of Christ. This is what we, this is what we are called to do. And we're all called to do it. It may seem oversimplified. But this is the reality of our call. To build up the body of Christ. Remember what I said. Jesus is the head. We're the body. So building each other up looks like looking after one another with the truth in hand and love in our heart. Are we building up the body of Christ? That's the why of this ministry. God has positioned us and gifted us and called us to build up the body, his own body. And practically, for a second, because that's way up here. So practically, this is what I want to teach for a second. I think what this looks like in one way, practically, is to begin to run every decision that we make, especially when it comes to the body of Christ, which should be everything. But every decision we make should run through that filter. Okay, 
Am I doing this to build up the body of Christ or to build up something else? What is my life? What am I giving my life toward? And what is that building up? Like if we start to take, if we do, if we do an audit of our life, if we do an audit of our decisions and where our money's going and where certain things we're choosing, right? If we, if we think critically about what we're doing with our life, what and who are we building up? Because most of the decisions we make, I think, can be boiled down to that crossroads between selfishness and selflessness, right? Is this for me or is this for others? Is this for me or is this for To build up the body of Christ. I think you're getting it. To equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ. That's the why. Now for the what. What is this work of ministry? The, the literal definition for this word ministry, diakonia, means service or Ministry, it's a noun in the Greek, and the specific usage where we see it used elsewhere in Scripture is waiting a table. A servant waiting a table. This is what this word literally breaks down to specifically be used for elsewhere. To, to wait tables, to serve tables. Have you, ever, have you ever had a good waiter? Anybody, have, anybody a good waiter? Is anybody? A, yeah, my man Alvin. I want to talk to you about that. I love that. You had a good, have you like gone to a restaurant and they brought you the sweet tea before you asked for it? Like they just saw into you. Anybody have, anybody have that moment? I mean, cookout knows, my girl. Deb, they're like, yep, large cup of ice coming your way with no, with no drink inside, just ice because it's the best ice. I got to stop picking on Deb. You know what I'm talking about, the good, the, good, the good servers, the good waiters, the people you go and they, they, they know your name and they know what you want and they're trying to help you and they're looking for ways to serve. Or when you go to somebody's house that's really gifted in hospitality, you know, and you walk in and it's like, it's, I've known you forever. Like, I, I'm right at home. I'm, you love me. You care about what type of dessert I like. That's what I've been told, that's why they invite Katie to every party, because she's amazing with desserts. If you've never had, we love it. See? Me too. Hospitality and serving and these, these gifts for service. Some people are more gifted in hospitality, but that doesn't excuse the rest of us to look for people and tables to serve. He says it. Equip the saints for the work of serving tables. For the work of ministry. I think it's important to, to break it down sometimes so that we can understand that it's really not that lofty. You don't need, and I'm not opposed to seminary, but you don't need a seminary degree to serve a brother or a sister. 
God gave the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the shepherds and the teachers to equip the saints to serve some tables. To look for people around them that need love, that need help. You know what's most important than any of that? That need truth. Because as we're going to see next week, there's some crazy stuff that's tossing us to and fro by every wind of doctrine. We're like children being tossed around, believing what everybody else is saying to us. We need the truth. And the purpose of church is to build each other up. Yes, in love and in truth. And so we come to the scriptures to understand and we stand on the word of God as our authority and we submit to it. Paul, I love this. He uses this word for the work of ministry that can break down to serving tables. So the goal of our pastoring, according to Paul, is to equip you to pour out your life in serving each other. This is a question that I, that I wish that we were asking. Like, not, maybe not specifically, because it'd be kind of weird to go up to somebody you didn't really know and be like, how can I wait your table today, ma'am? You know? But what if we had that posture and that attitude where we're thinking about how I can serve you? How I can take the low seat and I can give you what I've been given Isn't that Jesus? What isn't that what Jesus did? We see in, in, in Mark chapter 10, verse 45, Jesus said, for, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. If anybody could have sat down at the VIP corner booth where nobody could bother him and be served, it was the perfect one, the king. But he came with a towel and washed his disciples' feet. He said, I didn't come to be served. I, I came to serve. And that word for serve, guess what? Same word. Same word. Di, di, actually, this one's the verb form of the word that we just broke down, to serve. This is the work of ministry, serving one another for the building up of the body of Christ. And it's not just for some. It's not just for a few. It's for all Christians. Christianity is an every member ministry. All hands on deck, all hands on deck, all skate. You know, I was thinking, I was trying to think of, I was thinking all these different things. You know, anybody go to skate country? Like all skate, everybody's on the floor, everybody's on the floor. Problem with that is there weren't a lot of serving going on unless it was behind the booth in the, you know what I'm talking about, back there in the corner. Okay, nobody. <laughs> Praise God for redemption and forgiveness of sins. I had this picture in my mind when I was thinking about all hands on deck and, and working together and everybody being utilized for the, for the cause. I, I used to play golf. I used to do it a lot, way too much. And I don't anymore because I have kids and I love my wife. Just kidding. Just kidding. I love golf, guys. I love golf. I promise. Just kidding. You can still love your wife and play golf. Um, I really do mean that. So 
I played this really nice golf course. And when I was standing on the 12th tee specifically, there, there's this huge area. It's probably like 150 yards this way and 250 yards or, or maybe more this way. So it's a big field over here beside the pond where the, and it's beautiful, right? And we come up to this hole and we're about to hit the shot and, and the, the people that were there, because I was a guest, they came to me and they were like, hold on just a second, the mowers are coming, they're gonna cut this, this field real quick before we hit the shot. And I was like, it's a really big field. Like, can we hit first, you know? So then like one after one, after 18, I counted, 18 mowers come down this hill and they all immediately, they come down in single file and they go, no lie, in concert. 90 seconds done. Like what would have taken me 12 minutes on a, on a a really good X mark, zero turn. It took them 90 seconds. That joke didn't land very well. What's another brand? Quick, Husqvarna. Kubota, John Deere. John Deere on my big green tractor. It took them no time because they were working together and they knew their role and they were working in concert. It was like boom, 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 out. And I, my jaw was to the floor. And so I remembered that the other day when I was studying this, and I thought that's so relevant because we have too much ground to cover for this to be a one-man show. Way too much ground to cover for this to be a one-man show. We might can pull off a nice Sunday night with some good music and a halfway decent preacher one you know one week out of the month when I'm not the one or something but it's like this is this is so much bigger than that you know we have Deb love you Deb love you Deb love you Deb you think about the you, you think about just really quick to get practical the ground that we have to cover and the things that we have to do here and the people that we can be serving. And, and our ministries here, re realistically, kids, every week we've got kids in there that are coming to have fun and hear the word of God. That we need people serving in there. We've got a production team that works every week worship team, the, these teams that you see in front of you, the greeting team. But we also have other things going on. We have a, a care ministry that's looking for people to take care of, people that are hurting and, and grieving and maybe lost something significant. The, the care ministry is thinking of ways to, to help people here, there's a stewardship team. Maybe some of you are really great at numbers and you love Excel. <laughs> Praise God for you. We have a stewardship team that is trying to help us be accountable to our finances so that we're stewarding what God has given us in a healthy way so that we're doing the work of ministry. We have a creative team, people that are thinking about ways to creatively reach out into the community and into this community and pouring out the truth that we're learning and getting people involved in what we're doing and 
that making it graphically accessible and the pictures and all the things on social media that you see, we've got a team for that. We've got an outreach team that's thinking about ways to get into our community and serve our community. We've got a cares closet. Some of you may not even know we've been taking donations for since Easter. Or before, Easter, I guess, is when we started. We've got clothing and food in a closet back there where we can serve the people in our community. And we're looking to grow that. And we need people to do the work of ministry. We have an events team that's thinking about ways to, to reach people through events and through the different things that we get to do where we have fun, yes, and we also make sure that we're proclaiming the good news of Jesus and we're talking about how this is a place where everyone's welcome because no one's perfect. I love how Corbin, he reemphasized that by saying it forwards and backwards and said it again, you know? Place where everyone's welcome because no one's perfect. We want to be out in the community showing the truth of who Jesus is. And we're doing it through all of these ministries and all of these teams. And, and so the challenge is, where has God gifted you to serve? If you're a part of this body, or if you're a part of a different body, we're not hoarders. We just want to see you a part of a body, connected and, and growing and thriving and doing the work of ministry. We believe that that's fulfillment. And satisfaction when you're living in that calling, when you're living in those gifts. So where are you gifted? Maybe, some, maybe something I said sparked something. You need to write it down. I want you to write it on a card and, and give it to me or hand it to a basket on the way out or put it on one of these tables. They'll, we'll get them later. But we'd love for you to write it down on a card and let us know how we can get you plugged in. Because Christian ministry is an every member ministry. Jesus redeemed a body. He is the head, we are the body, and we all have a role to play in glorifying the Son. I want to look at one more part of Scripture as we close. We're, we're, I just need two and a half more minutes. John 13, verses 3 through 5. This will be on the screen. This is Jesus washing the disciples' feet at the Last Supper before his crucifixion. So he's about to go to the cross to be crucified. He's having the Last Supper with his disciples, with his, the closest followers of him. And this is what we see in John chapter 13, starting in verse 3. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands. Man, don't miss that. Jesus knew that the Father had given all things into his hands. So what did he do? And that he had come from God and was going back to God. So he rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments, which were his honor. And taking a towel, he tied it around his waist. And then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet. And to wipe them with the towel that was wrapped around him. The Son of Man, the Lamb of God, the Word who became flesh. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word 
was God. And by Him, everything was made in heaven and on earth. And by His word, all things are held together. And He sat there in His final hours realizing that, knowing from the start, not realizing out of nowhere, sorry, I didn't mean to say that, knowing that the Father had given all things into His hands. Everything. He got the whole world. And He chose to put on a towel and wash the disciples' Feet. They didn't have nice Nikes on. They didn't have shoes at all. They had sandals. It was dirty down there. And he started washing their feet because the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And who are we? What the Lord Jesus wants in this church is a collection of ordinary brothers and sisters who are willing to take the towel from the Lord Jesus and begin to wait some tables. Serving each other with the gifts that you've been given. That's how we grow. That's how we thrive. And that's how we become healthier than we could ever Imagine, it's not by programs, it's by preparation, equipping each other for the work of ministry, looking for people to serve, and spilling out the love and the truth that's been put inside of us. So Father, God in heaven, we're here for you. God, and I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you that it's sharper than any two-edged sword. I thank you that it's strong even when we are weak and we have no reason to look for any other hope because you are all that we need. So God, I pray as we continue on with tonight that you would be with us, that you would work through us, and that you would make us a healthy and vibrant expression of your body here in Gainesville, on earth as it is in heaven. It's in your name we pray.